Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Change Room with Rod and Leslie. As you know, in this podcast, every single week, what we love to do is take big, giant, juicy, meaty topics and break them down into tiny little bite-sized chunks all in an effort to help mostly ourselves, but hopefully also some of you through the process of change. We're obsessed. We talk about it all the time. And this week's topic really is in honor of March the 8th, which is International Women's Day. And this year's theme for IWD is break the bias, hashtag break the bias. And so Today, we're going to spend some time digging into unconscious bias and in specifically sort of unconscious bias in 2022, what's changed, what hasn't, what's our take on it, how are we feeling about it, all things bias related is what we have in store. Rod, my friend, what do you want to add into the mix? It's so interesting to be talking about biases uh, at this context of the conversation when we think back to where we... When we even first started one of our er, first-ish podcasts, we talked about this a lot, but it was very new even to us Yeah. Then. And so it, it's great to see that the dialogue is getting wove, woven into common uh, conversations because uh, I think there's, there's still a lot for us to, to learn around it. There's a lot to talk about. There's a, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot to this topic and even many different types of biases, which Mm -hmm. I don't even think I knew. And I'm learning (laughs) because I'm doing a panel at work next week, kids. And so I have to learn about all these different types of bias, some of Mm -hmm. which I really knew nothing about. I had to do some research, Rod. What? Come on. What? Hopefully that was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did you just ask me what type of bias am i learning about i got no, so nervous I was, talking no, no, about it i was oh that's next i was going to say hopefully see the stereotype among you and i is that i do the research and which implies that you don't but of course you can be doing the research which is none of between you and me we should not be shocked at all I'm impressed well so that's so interesting. You know what? One of the things I've been thinking a lot about is my own biases and and how that influences, like potentially negatively influences myself and my own experience of life. And you know, for me, this is all about a path to happy. And I think that there is, I think I do have an unconscious bias about, mm-hmm. you know, you do the research. I'm going to talk about my lived experience. That's what I like doing. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it makes me happy to talk about life and how it shows up and what I've learned and all that. But you're the research guy. But I think I'm underselling myself by saying that. Yeah. <gasps> well, it's- Light bulb moment in the yeah. first four minutes. <laughs> so tell it. Okay, here's the test part, though. You didn't. You thought you were trying ah! to get out of that. Tell us. Give us an example or two. What are we, we talking about here when you say unconscious bias? Well, the one, so obviously, I mean, the name kind of gives it away, but it's, it's biases about which we, like, we just, we don't have an awareness that we're, that we have them. And so we just talked about one, right? Like Mm -hmm. mine is like one of the ones I have is that I'm a lived experience person. Uh, I do research, but I don't love it. And you're the research guy because you Mm -hmm. love digging into things and I'm a quick start. And so it's all like fast and furious kind of stuff. And you're like deep into finding Mm -hmm. information. So that's an example of a bias already. Mm -hmm. And also, I think it's important to talk about the fact that we all have them. So this is not about like a name and shame game. This is not about 
men have them, women don't, or women have them, men don't. This is we all have them. And the more awareness we have of our unconscious biases, the happier we can be. The more, yes. you know, this is the whole knowledge is power uh, kind of idea. The more we know about it, the better we can go through life and not just ourselves, but have people around us be happier too, which makes me even happier. Yes. So the one I think that I've had the hardest time wrapping my head around and that you and I chatted a little bit about before Mm -hmm. is attribution bias. Mm. And this is that whole notion, how I'm now understanding attribution bias. And uh, this is, I, so tell me what you think if, if you think what Mm -hmm. I think, because I'm, I'm still not 100% sure, but attribution bias is someone shows up at a meeting and they or wherever to like a, you know, book club or like a family dinner, or you know, whatever the situation is, but somebody shows up and they're kind of mean or they're kind of a jerk or they're kind mm-hmm. of, you know, short with people and terse and one word answers and, you know, not super engaged. And immediately with attribution bias, we imagine that that whole person is a jerk. We say, wow, right. like, look at this person here how they've shown up, that person is a living nightmare. Like, and it makes us make decisions like, I'm not going to invite that person to my meetings or to my parties, or mm-hmm. I'm not going to call them, or I don't want them at book club or whatever. And the reality is that this is where it's tricky, where attribution bias comes into play. The reality is that we are taking how that person shows up in that 20 minute, one hour, three hour window and attributing it to that being a characteristic of that person 24-7 and in their whole lives versus it could be something very situational where maybe they had a really tough conversation in the morning or, you know, maybe they just didn't get sleep the night before or, you know, maybe they have their own stresses about this meeting and pressures to meet deadlines or, you know, perform in a certain way that they're not feeling confident about. And so by digging into attribution bias, we have the opportunity to think, well, wait a second, that's how that person is behaving today. What do I know about them? Like, what Mm. do I, and challenging ourselves to think like, what do I really know? Are they like this every day? Can I talk Mm. to them outside? You know, I I always think that in change management, the world is solved by coffee chats. So if I, in in the before times, we would just, you know, meet up, I would just meet up with a person and go for a walk or go for a coffee and say, hey, can we talk this through? So in the modern day, it's all done over the phone, right? Um, But you know, it's, it's that, it's that, it's that desire inside ourselves to reach out to that person one on one and just test and see like, is this person like, cause there are some people who are jerks and that yeah. is true. But yeah. then there are also some people who show up or who, are, who are like that, that may be your only experience with them, but maybe they have those external pressures. And once again, this is just situational for whatever reason. And it's freeing to find yeah. that out about a person. You oh, can yeah. build an ally and a friend when you take the time to reach out to someone and not just assume that the way they're showing up in that one circumstance is who they are. That I think is the, that I think is the magic. That's my research. I love it. I think that was the Superman theme song. Yeah. That's what I was trying to sing, but I don't know if I got it right or not. <laughs> well, listen, a couple of things. I, there, so first of all, yeah, I think that's what, that's how I understood attribution in, in the sense it's like, and I remember this from psychology one-on-one where it's, it's the, you explain your own behavior. You explain by, um, if it's negative in some way, you explain by the situation. Right. Like, oh, whatever. But if other people's behavior, 
you typically uh, you explain it by it's a trait. It's like it's reflective of who they are. Right. Uh, especially, right. Particularly, again, particularly if it's negative. So, um, yeah, but I, one of the other interesting things from what you were just saying is I realized if you do a change strategy, the main, the first thing in your change strategy is coffee chats. How are we going to make right. this change happen? We're going to use the coffee chat strategy. <laughs> it works in every aspect does, of life. It? Can it I, Like it really does. <laughs> if you want to, maybe that's one of our pro tips, right? Like I'm yeah. all about pro tips when it comes to breaking the bias. If you're not sure, if you're like, if, if you feel like you're being biased towards someone, go for a coffee. And obviously... Mm. Right now, it's a it's Sorry. a virtual for most yeah. of us still. That is a virtual experience, but yeah. I think, and I don't even drink coffee, so for me, it's tea. But you get what we mean, people. Like it's yes. you know, Can connect I- with that person in a one on one way. That's you know not threatening. There's no objective other than getting to know one another a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So there's a long list. If if you and there's more and more information on this. So if anybody were to search on the Googles and uh, they would find lots <laughs> and it's it, in a way it's like, wow, there's such a long list of biases. It's almost as if it feels like people are, you know, just creating these as they go to explain certain situations. But yeah, funda- fundamentally the point is, is that these things are happening. You're, you're drawing conclusions and making decisions and, and driven by some of these natural human uh, ways to react to a situation, to way to interpret the situation that's happening at a subconscious level. It's like it's it's right. occurring and you're not realizing how you're being influenced by what that that is. Can yes. I, and so we could go through a long list. I do want to, can I share one, which is kind of related. I think it's related to this, but it's, it's a funny one. Yes, so. please. So it's what I like to refer to as the Santa Claus bias. <gasps> and it's it's called the availability heuristic. and And it's it's related you to what? This. You're going to have to explain that okay. one, my friend. Okay. So basically it says um, that we base our decisions and like take stuff in based on what information is available to us. It actually makes, when I, as I get into it, you'll be like, this makes total sense. So it's like you make your interpretation about that other person based on the information that's available to you about them. And that information is that interaction in the meeting. And so your coffee chat strategy is a strategy to get beyond the availability heuristic because you're, you're building your uh, understanding of the person. You're getting more information that's available to you to understand them. So you're countering the availability, in this case, heuristic. It's like, so it's, you can't make a decision or interpretation about information you don't know. You, and right? You, you can only make it totally. And so, so it's like if you see on the news every night that a certain area of the town has got like fires and break-ins, that's the only information you have about that town, that area of town. You are going to, whether you know it or not, make an interpretation that that area of town has lots of fires and break-ins because that's the only information that you have. That is just, I'm gobsmacked. So I you, like, I, I think that that is so insightful. And I, is that similar to the idea? Have you heard this before? Um, I wouldn't have, you know, the saying, I, I, uh, I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Have you heard the other one? I wouldn't have seen it if I hadn't believed it. Ooh, no. You I heard haven't. the reverse of that? Yeah. With the, with the idea of until, like, unless we have a mental model to map something to, we literally don't mm-hmm. see it. Like, and so we are stuck in our own kind of rote ways of, th- all of us, yeah. stuck in our rote ways of thinking about the world. And until we see something, um, until someone opens our eyes, we can't even imagine it being differently, different. Yes. Like yes. we can't, like you can't, you don't even, like it can't, it doesn't even cross your mind that there are beautiful gardens yeah. in that part of the city where you're only seeing news about fires and break-ins can't like can't even imagine that there's a primary school that's flourishing and whatever right like you can't even imagine it to be true because you we're only seeing the world in one way and that is like i mean that's the problem and now i'm gonna go a little bit on social media but like that's the problem with the algorithm models that we're all in now right like like if that confirms our unconscious biases all day yes. long. Like we yeah. have to seek out now. You really have to seek out oppositional views to your own. Otherwise, the algorithms are just going to keep pushing you things that keep making you think, oh, that part of town, That's right. I wouldn't go through there at yeah. night. I wouldn't yeah. do that. You know what I mean? That's... I wouldn't go for a walk in that neighborhood. I would make a left instead of a right. Yeah. Like whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and so, you just don't know. Yeah. So this is why it's called the Santa Claus bot. I'm gonna you your expression. Uh, what do you have to believe it to see it? It's it's so the it's the point is like kids are raised believing in Santa Claus, and then at some point they're told that Santa Claus is not true. But nobody would be surprised if suddenly one day Santa Claus showed up and it was real. You'd be like, Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Okay, I could see that. <laughs> a little because bit. Because it's there. Because you have all this information about this, f- this false thing. So you can project that to any false thing. If you get tons of information about something and it's demonstrating and showing you how it can be real, um, that's what's available to you. And it's hard to, it's hard to then. Uh, you can't. What's the absence of that? How do you disprove? Right. So, right. You know? and, and this is the classic right. thing that happens is like something that's a, a lie. Once it's out, if it's repeated, it's out there. And it's a, and again, you have images of it. You can see it. You can see how it interacts. It's hard to dislodge that. And that's the Santa Claus. That's my coining of it. I really, I dig that. I dig that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think... You know, again, like we we live in. Do you remember the book 1984 and the whole mm-hmm. idea of newspeak? And we're kind of living in that. We're kind of living a little bit in that world and that sort of like post-truth, post-Trump kind of universe. Yeah. And I think like you and I talked about what's what's changed about unconscious bias and what hasn't. On the light side, I love that we're just that we can have a conversation about unconscious yeah. bias. To me, is like a yippee. Like that to me is just amazing. And that there's like, there's enough of an understanding out in the universe that we can have this conversation and have it be meaningful and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and think about how we want to change. But the dark side of it is that I think as more, I, I think there is more and more out there that's feeding people's, the dark side of people's unconscious bias Yeah, and, um, and convincing them that, dark things are true when yeah. when they really aren't and so 
it's it really has to be very much a conscious process like I always when I used to do change management courses and stuff we would talk about the fact that you have to take things from like unconscious awareness to con- conscious awareness from the mm-hmm. very back of your brain where you don't know what's happening and it's all just like glommy and messy mm-hmm. and that's where like our fear factor comes in and all that and bring it up to your prefrontal cortex and that's the only way around it mm-hmm. is to really make a conscious effort to say huh I seem to be reacting to this in a really strong way. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. And challenge ourselves to think differently, look at it differently, find different sources. Um, Because it is easy right now to have our biases reaffirmed by Mm -hmm. all the technology that we participate in. And just like being out just by, you know, that's this is, I think, then affinity bias. For those, you know, most people hang out with people who are like them, who think like them, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like that's, we really have to challenge ourselves to Mm -hmm. talk to people who think differently than we do, Mm -hmm. even if it gives you like a little bit of agite, yeah, a little bit of heartburn, you know? (laughs) Sorry, I'm laughing at the way you said agite. Is that, you just created that. That's not actually, I mean, it's root cause. No, that's the Italian. That's the Italian, uh, like, upset tummy, agite. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. But it sounds a little, it sounds a little like Latin and made up, doesn't it? But it's Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you were saying March 8th is international. It is. It is, it is. So, let's talk about, as we're talking about biases and how, how do you, how would you talk about that in context of uh, a message around uh, women in leadership and, and International Women's Day? Oh, Rod, you're like feeding me all these like, I speak in my love language, I swear <laughs> it. Um, you know, I think that here's the thing. I think all of us have a role to play in this. I don't think it's just women. I don't think it's just men. I don't think it's just gender non-binary. Like, I think all of us... Um, have a role to play in thinking about um, how unconscious, how bias comes into play in our day-to-day lives. And whether that's, you know, we ask more women than men to take minutes in meetings. Mm -hmm. We ask more women than men when we used to go into the office to like clean up after meetings. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there are so many little things that are, are subtle. We ask maybe questions that we shouldn't be asking about because I, you know, I, I've told you this story, but Mm. one of the questions I used to get when I was younger was how come you're not having babies? Mm. You'd be such a great mom. Who's going to look at my favorite. Who's going to look after you when you get older? Um, which horrifying like that's if that's why people are having kids what is happening like what is happening for goodness sake um but you know if if it like don't don't ask those questions without asking permission to ask those questions right like i think the i think the reality is that we all have stuff to learn and that that's okay And as long as we're challenging and asking ourselves, what are my unconscious biases? Where am Mm -hmm. I perhaps bringing microaggressions to the table, which is the other big term now. And I think my fear is that I don't want people to be afraid to talk about this, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone's going to make mistakes. I make mistakes all 
the time mm-hmm. um, when it comes to my own unconscious biases and you apologize and you move on. Mm-hmm. Like you say, oh, I'm really, oh boy, I messed up. I'm really, so, I shouldn't have asked you that or I'm, you know, whatever it is. Um, usually it's often it's people asking questions that you think what is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it feels like you're in the twilight zone. You know what I mean? But yeah. it, it can't mean that we don't ask each other questions. Yeah. But I would just say, make sure that you're shining that light of curiosity and that desire to learn inside yourself mm-hmm. as much as we are shining it on other people and wanting to understand them and their experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just being transparent about our own journeys with this, because mm-hmm. it's uh, the more transparent we are, the more we're going to find out that other people are going through the same struggles and we can help one another through it. And also, I don't think we're ever going to do away. Like, this isn't about doing away with our unconscious biases because they're always going to be there. It's about how do I manage it effectively in the moment, right? Like, how do I make sure that I'm managing this effectively? Because if we think we can get rid of them, we're we're kidding ourselves. Yeah. And we're probably lying to ourselves a little bit. And it's going to make us not curious if we think we've dealt with all of our unconscious biases. I don't think that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it's, I think it's really important that we acknowledge that this is, this is like lifelong learning and hooray for lifelong learning, mm-hmm. like hooray. Yeah. yeah I yeah, don't want to totally. be done learning. Like that's yeah. to me, I hope I learn until the very day I die. I hope yeah. I die in my sleep, in my bed and that I have learned something that day, you know, <laughs> that right. is my prayer. Yeah. That is my hope. You're so right sure. about it. It is, it is lifelong learning. And and I think one of the, just from what you were saying there is, and I'm always looking out for these like opposites to, you know, two pieces of advice that we would give, but they conflict with each other. So how do we reconcile it? And so the opposites here is like, we always recommend being curious and right. asking questions. And on the other side, it's just saying, hey, watch out on some of the questions that you might be asking because... Uh, you might be in an unintended way having these, you know, microaggressions as you refer to them. Right. So, and I've heard microaggressions. I've heard um, many times. I've always thought it as the intended insult. You know, the intended little insult. Right. But you're pointing out is like actually no, no, no. These these can be intended or unintended, but the result oh, is when people ask me questions about having kids like i don't ever think that any person who ever asked me that was intending to be mean right. or hurt my feelings or make me feel bad about my life choices like i don't think and i swear to you like woman or man because both have asked me that question i don't think anybody intended to hurt my feelings yeah. but it did yeah. And so it's that difference between, right, like intention and impact. And right. it, like there, there is a difference between yeah. those things. And so how do you balance the curiosity of getting to know the person? Because building that understanding of, of people is, we always recommend, balance that <laughs> with this, oh, but hold on a second, I'm worried that I might, I don't even know where I might be, you know, what I'm saying might have a, an impact. Um, that's you know what it's such a good question like here's my pro tip on that one my pro tip Mm -hmm. on that one is 
ask permission. Like say, oh, I'm mm. so interested in learning more about that. Like it's so opposite to my lived experience. I wanted kids from the time I was age X or I always knew I wanted to be a mom or a dad. That's mm. so different for me. Can I ask you some questions about it? Mm-hmm. And then I can either, then I have permission to say like, no, or yeah. yeah, sure. And then I feel like I'm part of the conversation and I'm not just being bombarded. And I think yeah. that that's true for anything where we're trying to learn about another person, anything about them that's different. That's so different from my lived experience. Yeah. Can I ask you a couple questions about that? Or I want to learn more. Um, yeah. I think is a really powerful way to do it. And it yeah. gives the person permission to say like, not right now, like I'm just not in a headspace or I'm too busy or like, yeah. no, it's actually none. It's actually none of your business. Cause in my case with kids, it was a choice. It was a lifestyle choice Yeah. for a lot of other people. It's that they couldn't do it. And then you're oh, bringing up all kinds yeah. of horrible, horrible memories, yeah. experiences, feelings. Right. And a person has a right to say none of your business. Yeah, Totally. That's a good tip, though. Yeah, check in. Yeah, that's part of being curious too. Is realize right? Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's not your agenda. It all like the other person's experience also matters because what how it comes across is that the asker's agenda is more important than Mm. the 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 receiver's Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. experience, right? And I I I don't again I don't ever think that's someone's intent. yeah, don't but we, it but it's the re, it's the reality of the person receiving those questions, you know. Yeah, yeah. We do as as adults, we do fall into these like little kid moments where we're like as little kids, we're like, "What's that? What's that?" On right, your face? right, <laughs> right. Oh, I was renowned. Some of the questions my mom used to tease me about, even as an adult, about like the first time I saw a nun. Uh, or, you know, and, yeah. and like, I, I, I just mortified her. I was apparently a very curious child and we do fall back into that habit. And I do think it's yeah. for most of the time, I think it's an innocent thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then for the askies, I would say if someone asks you a question and you're not comfortable with it, it's also okay to say, you know, I really, I'm, I really don't feel comfortable talking about that. Yeah. It's also okay to say that. And yeah. as Canadians and as women in particular, it is hard to even sometimes imagine saying those words out loud because we are conditioned you don't want to, make the other to be good girls and good dirtles, like, good daughters. That's it. I don't want to hurt like, anyone's feelings. I don't, I don't want you to feel bad. Right. I don't but it's okay to say that. I'm giving everyone permission to say, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, really, yeah. I don't want to talk about that. Everybody has permission <laughs> starting today. Whenever yeah. this gets posted, you, everybody has permission <laughs> to say, I don't feel comfortable talking about that. But it's hard. Someone, it feels like someone has to tell us that it's okay to say that. And I'm telling you, it's okay to say that. Because then we also, I mean, heck, we got a lot to learn. Talking about, oh my gosh, what a good. Yeah. Because then it's like the person, well, I would also need to learn how to not (laughs) worry about, if you told me, I don't feel comfortable talking about that, I got to be able to come to grips with worrying about, (laughs) like, oh, I've offended her so badly. I'd never. It's like it, well, know, then it's the, okay the appropriate say. response to that <laughs> is, I'm really sorry. Like, yeah. you know, we did an episode on sorry where I'm a sorry junkie. I'm getting yeah. better, FYI. I'm super getting better. Good. But that's a time when apologizing definitely makes sense. And it's okay yeah, in that moment on. to yeah. say, you know what? I'm sorry. I think I, I think I crossed. You're right. I crossed yeah. a line. And then just move on. Because yeah. if it's at work 
or a friend, you're going to have to keep working with that person. So yeah. you're going to have to figure out how to get past it. Some of you may hear my cat Echo very passionate right now, very passionate about this topic. <laughs> he's been mm. a good boy and quiet this entire time, but right now he's he's getting into it. I can hear him. Yeah. <laughs> As we close out the topic, he's, he's super <laughs> excited. Super excited. I love it. Say your thing that we said at the beginning that like we said you were going to say, but I'm going to steal it on Tuesday when we do the International Women's Day talk, because I thought that was so powerful. Well, it's tied into the thinking about as learning it. Well, I think it's the, you know, the story is not yet finished. We haven't finished writing the story around how to come to grips with it because the, um, you know, and I think people feel we have and it's like, we just need to train everybody to think this new way. And then you get pushback on the, well, what is, you know, so it's like, it's like in the, back in the past, in the 80s, when people didn't know to work, you know, that this was a thing, they, at some element, they had, they had more comfortable interaction, I'll say men and women at work. And there was all these wrong interactions, but the, the ones were about building relationships were there. And now it's kind of moved along and it's like, okay, we're understanding this better, but we're a little bit awkward. How do we have normal, you know, how do we have a interaction where we can still build a connection with the person? We got to learn this. Well, and I would say, interestingly, one of the things I learned last week is that in the 80s, the push from an internet, from a women's movement perspective in the, in the workplace was women should be more like men. And so it's interesting that oh, you say yeah. it was easier to have conversations in the 80s. That's mostly because in that time, women were told right. that to be successful in the workplace, you had to be like a man. Oh, yeah. That was the shoulder pad era, if uh, if anyone remembers, when women turned and up to work looking like football in, uh, players, right? Like behavior. fashion. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it might have been easier for men, but that's because women were trying to fit into that mold. And it's yeah. only really in the 90s that we started to go, well, hey, wait a second. Yeah, yeah Maybe yeah. it's okay for women to be their true authentic selves what yeah. does that look sound and feel like and then yeah. fast forward to me too and then fast forward to time's up and yeah. you know um and the thing we haven't really touched on and you know it's perhaps a topic of another day and perhaps a, we have a guest speaker on to talk about it because it doesn't yeah. apply to either of us is how this impacts um visual minority women differently than I, you know, I'm obviously speaking about this from uh, the perspective of a white woman, Mm -hmm. Um, the, the experiences of um, women of different backgrounds is, uh, is very different different. from mine and a little bit, I would say probably much, much more challenging. So it might be interesting to do that someday, Rod, maybe we'll, we'll invite someone to come. We do like to have an occasional guest. So maybe that'd be a fun guest to have. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you, my friend. Thank you for joining me for an International Women's Day chat. You're such a good egg. I am so lucky to get to do this podcast with someone who's so open and so um, as keen to learn about this stuff as I am. And I, I just, I genuinely feel lucky to have you as oh, a friend, thanks. Rod. So me thank too. You. I feel thank lucky you, to be you. talking to, about this with you too and learning so much. So cool. Thanks for listening today, my friends. Happy International Women's Day. Thanks. Bye. Bye.